Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for your support of the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Today we get to go over to our friends in Fort Wayne and talk about the upcoming, the very quickly upcoming Good Shepherd Institute happening at Cordia Theological Seminary coming up this weekend. So joining us today is Cantor Kevin Hildebrand, Cantor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So the Good Shepherd Institute is coming up this weekend, Sunday, November 6th through Tuesday, November 8th. Before we talk about what's going to be happening this year, can you give us kind of the background of of the Good Shepherd Institute and what this event is? Sure. I like to describe this conference as sort of our, our think tank for sacred music and pastoral theology and uh, as a way to provide research information and resources for pastors and church musicians to help inform and encourage and enliven the uh, the song of the church in their own parishes. It was it was started in the year 2000 by our, our predecessors Cantor Richard Resch and Dr. Arthur Just as a way of encouraging this sort of conversation and collegiality also between pastors and church musicians and other church leaders, congregation leaders, to help give them tools and resources and things to think about, things to talk about, and also a place to go to be refreshed, to be taught, to be to be nurtured uh, in all these things that, that pertain to to singing the faith and confessing the faith as, as we do it. And uh, so that was, this is our 23rd annual conference, and we're always uh, looking forward to sharing the the, the materials with, with our, our friends uh, here in person uh, on, along with our live stream events. And we're just a few days away from, from doing this yet again. 23 years, is that right? This is correct. That's 23. That's <laughs> slightly older than some of our first-year students. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so 23 years of gathering for for this teaching and learning and, and collegiality in church music, sacred music, and pastoral care. What are some of the topics that you've covered in the previous institutes? Yeah, it, it has really covered a very, very wide range of topics, things that are you know, very practical, such as, as matters pertaining to weddings and funerals. When Lutheran Service Book was introduced in 2006, we, we had a conference devoted to what was, what was new and what was old in that. We like to pick up, especially when there's anniversaries that are, are very useful for us. Like in 2007, that was a anniversary of Paul Gerhardt's birth. And so there was was a, a, a lot of focus on on Gerhardt's writings and, and hymnody. Um, in all of these things, we we like to present well sort of a, a mixture of history and and theology, maybe a lot of background on something, but also making things very practical, so people could say, well, what does this have to do with my congregation? How how can I use this information and and take something home to uh, to my people and uh, use it use it there for for my purposes. Why is it, what makes this so unique for you to be able to bring 
church musicians and other people in the church. Like this, this isn't just for church musicians to learn about church music. What what makes that so unique to be able to bring uh, people together from different backgrounds in the church to be to be learning the same things about how to implement these things in their churches? Yeah, that's that is is really a very unique thing about this conference as opposed to I mean, there's all sorts of conferences you can go to and there's there's all sorts of music conferences you can go to and you should go to in addition to ours. But the fact that, you know, we're Concordia Theological Seminary and we we teach pastors and future pastors and future deaconesses, about half of our attendees are, are pastors, about half of our attendees to this conference are are church church musicians and or you know, other church leaders, board of elders. Sometimes we have some some altar guild people or, or other interesting interested laity from a congregation that will show up. And so I think that's the first unique thing is is that we highlight and encourage this partnership between pastor, church musician, and and other people within the congregation. I mean, we're all we all sing the church's song sometimes in different ways, but that song of the church is what, what we have in common and, and, and binds us together in many ways. So I think that's, that is a very unique focus, even among all the things that we do here at Concordia Theological Seminary. We have, we have lots of conferences and we have a, a big conference, for instance, in January, our, our theological symposia, and that's almost all pastors and and that's rightly so for our institution and then we'll have some some other conferences that focus for instance this past weekend we had a bunch of college students here that might be considering coming to the seminary for for a deaconess study or or a pastoral study but this is is something that really combines the best of everything in, in the church and all under the umbrella of of how we confess and especially sing the church's theology and our, our music and liturgy and, and providing resources to help us do that even better. Why is, what happens when, it, it, okay, let me reframe my question here. <laughs> it's in the back of my mind now trying to put it into words. Right, right. <laughs> The collegiality, the the interaction that happens at this conference among church musicians, pastors, laity. Why is that so important? What happens when we don't have that interaction among church musicians and pastors and other leaders in in the congregation? Yeah, well, just think about you know a couple of years ago when none of us had very much interaction with anybody, and mm. and we see the the results of that. I mean, we're not. You know, we're not wired to to just operate totally by ourselves and especially in the church. You know, we use that that phrase a lot about, you know, our life together in the synod, our life together in in you know the greater Christendom. Even, you know, the word synod means to walk together. And this this provides a, a way for us us to do that. Um and and I think particularly when we're we're focused on well, how are we singing? You know, or how is our singing? And what shall we sing? Those are those are very important questions that that both pastors, church musicians, and other people within a congregation should be asking of each other as they continue to evaluate. You know, how are we doing this? And you know, are, are there other things that that we could do? Are, are there other things, for instance, even within? You know the church's hymnal that that we've we've ignored or, or we've we've passed over and and haven't paid attention to. That's that's one of the reasons why 
I, I, I think we've, we, we have in, in some ways a following of people who we have some people who are, 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 are quote unquote groupies who come very often. We have a lot of people who come just for, you know, the first time ever. And, but one of the reasons that, that some people keep coming back is they say, you know, when I'm doing all the planning, both or either as a pastor, as a church musician, sometimes I don't get a chance to just sit and be fed by, by the by the preaching, by the music, by the singing, and so that's why the the whole conference is filled with worship and music opportunities, and and I think that is one of the the attractions. That's that's the, that's the wrong word. Maybe I was, let me say that a different. That is one of the things that people enjoy the most, you know, to be able to come who are often doing this work in their own places day in and day out, that now they can come and receive and sit and listen and, and be refreshed by that. What difference does that make then for these pastors and, and church musicians when they're able to maybe take a step back and, I don't know, breathe yeah. <laughs> while, they're, while they're taking all of this in, this work that they're normally doing? What difference does that make for them when they're able to go back to their parishes and, and serve their own people? Well, we hope that this provides a lot of ideas. You know, everything that, that we do in these few days won't exactly be applicable to every particular situation. Like, for instance, you know, we have a, a, a wonderful artist coming in, Dr. Jonathan Rudy from Clarksville, Tennessee, giving a, a magnificent organ recital. Our Scola Cantorum is, is singing a, a wonderful Schutz piece on Sunday night for our choral vespers. We're doing a hymn festival on Monday night. Um, some of those things can't be replicated in, in a particular location. You know, they may not have the resources. They may not have, you know, the personnel to do exactly that. But perhaps they say, well, what if we did something like this, that, that we could do or adapt it for our congregation? Or some of the things that we'll do in daily chapel, or even at that choral vespers service, or even at that organ recital, they might say, well, oh, this part right here, that gave us an idea of, I, I never even considered that, that they, we could use this musical setting of the Nuke Dimittis, for instance, or, or we could have a soloist sing this part of a psalm. That's something we could do. Or, or maybe an insight into, from our, our plenary speakers that are speaking about various topics this year that, that might remind them of, of something that, that, that could be useful but for their own study, for their own practice at their parish. I, I, I think anytime you go to a conference, I always say, if, if there's you know, one or two things you can go home with, that was, that was worth it. And even if it was that I got to you know, sit and be fed and, and didn't have to make all the decisions myself, I think that's, that's well worth anybody's attendance at, at, at a conference such as this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about the Good Shepherd Institute with Cantor Kevin Hildebrand from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. We have more to talk about right after this break. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's 
uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50 plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. We're talking about the Good Shepherd Institute happening this weekend at Concordia Theological Seminary with Cantor Kevin Hildebrand. And before we went to break, we are talking about the, the wonderful respite spiritual care that these church leaders have when they come to this event and are able to to kind of rest in the the liturgy and the music that that maybe they're generally in charge of. And now they, they get to be on the other side of that and fed with all of those good gifts of God and during this event. And you mentioned a few things that will be happening that I want to dig into in just a second, including the hymn festival. I need to know more about this, <laughs> but, um, it's something that that I think we may not, people in the pews may not always think about when service planning is happening, how pastors and, and, and church musicians maybe come at the service planning from two different ways. Could you maybe explain how it's, I guess this is a two-part question, how, how would that, that different approach of, of service planning from a pastor and a church musician perspective, and then how they can all kind of come together here and, and, and kind of, and be together in this learning experience? I think it's, probably two sides of the same coin. And in fact, this is a very timely question because we're talking about this very topic in one of our liturgics classes here in with our seminary students this week. And both both pastors and church musicians have have a similar goal in in doing that. They they want the the, the word to be proclaimed, you know, whether from the chancel in the, the church or from the choir loft or from wherever the musicians are, are located, that, that, that proclamation is to be unified. And a good pastor and church musician partnership will have that goal in mind. And the, the difference, I suppose, is, is how each one of those in their vocations has different things to consider. You know, the pastor obviously has to or should prepare well for for his sermon and bring out the themes that the gospel for that Sunday has to has to say and also working with the church musician in planning well you know what are the what are the hymns we're going to sing today you know even backing up and deciding well for this season of the church year you know we're going to use this musical setting of the divine service or we're going to use this particular proper or we might use this alternate setting of the glory next Chelsea's or we're singing this time of the church or we'll start singing this is the feast or or t- t- I guess uh, to implement all the richness and variety that's inherent within the church's liturgy that's part of the goal of, of the pastor and church musician to to even remind each other oh what about what if we did this and sometimes the the, the church musician has to defer to the pastor and say well you know what? What? What would be the the implications of of doing this, and and what's part of your experience with that? Oftentimes, we'll encourage our our pastoral students to seek out their church musicians and say, "Help me know what our congregation knows." Is hard, you know? Do we know this hymn yet? Do we know this song? What what works well? How can we teach this so we can enrich and add to? our expression of singing the church's song here in our, our congregation. When, when a pastor and church musician are, are working in tandem that way, then the whole congregation is blessed. Mm-hmm. 
you mentioned that that each year it's it's covered a different theme. What is the theme this year? What are we going to be focusing on at this year's Good Shepherd Institute? Well, the theme Bible verse that we have sort of as an overarching theme is Psalm 100, verse 5. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever, his faithfulness to all generations. And that sort of serves as a umbrella for many and various anniversaries that we're looking at here in 2022. First, we have the 175th anniversary of the founding of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod in 1847. And with that, also the first hymnal of the LCMS compiled by CFW author, published first in 1847, is in tandem with that anniversary. Um, When Dr. Paul Grimm, my colleague and I, sat down to brainstorm different anniversaries that, that we might look at, other things such as, you know, it's the 60th anniversary of the Second Vatican Council, which in a way paved the road for some of the liturgical discussions that happened in our church body and and beyond in the in the 60s, 70s, 80s, which led into some of the hymnal projects, such as Lutheran Worship 1982, that was published 40 years ago, and and so we're we're having a plenary session that that talks about you know what we learn from that process, and uh, and uh, I, I'd be remiss if, if if I didn't mention some of these the wonderful friends and scholars that are speaking about that. Uh, Dr. John Beaker, there in your backyard, is our our scholar on on hymnals in America. And so he's he's speaking about the impact of the founding of the Synod and Walther's first hymnal in 1847. We've got Dr. Thomas Winger from our sister seminary in Canada that's speaking about the impact of Vatican II on Lutherans in America. Now retired Pastor Bill Swirla is talking about the, the publication and the impact and lessons learned from Lutheran worship 1982. And then the last, the, the person who gets the last word is 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 always a very powerful person at, at any conference, and and that's the uh, uh, Pastor Harold Sankbile, the retired director of Doxology Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel, and 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 Pastor Sankbile just has a wonderful perspective of sort of summarizing. This is where we are because of where we've come from. And that guides us for where we're going. And uh, he's speaking specifically about pastoral care and how Christians learn from from this. He's even, you know, entitling his his topic called Seelsorge, the the German word which, which means the care of souls. And so he gets the last word, and and he'll do a, a magnificent job with that. That lineup sounds amazing. I think I need to be making a trip to Fort Wayne. Uh, Come on this over. <laughs> now you mentioned some of the other things that are happening in the schedule. How do? What are some of those other things specifically? The Hymn Festival. I'm curious what if that's based on something. How do those fit into these plenary and, and, and other sessions that will be happening? Yeah. Well, a number of years ago, we we just made a regular practice of Monday night. We have a hymn festival, and and a, a hymn festival is. It's really a great way of of taking, we usually sing about eight to 10 hymns with some spoken commentary in between sets of hymns. And again, Pastor Sankbile is providing those words for us that in a way sort of set the table for what we're about to sing, taking words or phrases from those hymns to draw our attention to that. And then 
maybe even more than how we might sing a hymn on a Sunday morning. We're taking some some specifically composed settings, most of them by either myself or my colleague, Matthew Mockamer, composed for instruments, our seminary contrari, which serves as, as a choir, as well as the congregation, all singing in alterna- alternation, different stanzas of, of these hymns. And, and someone once described, you know, the uh, singing a, a hymn in this manner is like going to an, an art museum and walking past a painting that you've seen many, many times. And then some one of the docents points out in that painting, did you ever notice what the artist did here? And then you can't unsee this mm-hmm. this factor in the painting that you've walked past your whole life. And sometimes a, a hymn festival is like that. We, we may take a, a hymn that's very, very familiar. We we know and love and continue to do that. But then how the commentary brings out a, a word or phrase of that hymn or something that the music is doing, a, a text painting example that, that might happen in a particular stanza or how the choir is singing on that particular stanza. It, it allows us to, to experience and sing a, a hymn in a different way than perhaps we have before. And so that's, it, I always say it's, it's one of the best ways to spend an evening with, mm-hmm. uh, with the, the, the church's song and especially in a, a great space like Kramer Chapel at Concordia Theological Seminary. We've talked about church musicians, pastors, laity. What about the pastor who is not a musician? Mm. How might this be useful? What would a pastor who's not a musician learn at the Good Shepherd Institute? Yeah, that's that's my favorite category. That's if they they start out as seminary students who say I'm not one of those musicians, and those are my favorite students because. <laughs> but, well, part of the, the the truth is is, all right. Well, this doesn't mean then that you're sort of recused from thinking about musical things. Um, it's, it's it's sort of like if we, if we flipped the, the 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 tables, and if a church musician said, "Well, I'm not one of those theologians, therefore I don't think in theological terms," I mean, everyone would be that that would be a negative thing. And at any church musician has to be thinking about theological things. And so I think putting the best construction on things, there might be a pastor who say, well, that's not my, pardon the pun, forte, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, he still needs to be taking that, making that a priority. And maybe how he does that, it says, okay, I don't know an F sharp from a B flat and that's okay, but I know someone who does. My, my staff of church musicians or my, the good people in the choir here or the people in my instrumental ensemble, and they're going to be my, my, my advisors on this. And I'm going to go to them, help me know how this, how this hymn goes. How does this song go? You know, what do you know? How can I help you? And, and just like, you know, our, our, whatever we're doing, the learning never stops. The way that church music and theology go hand in hand. I mean, this is something that Luther championed and and the, the church continues to, 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 to champion and uphold. And a, a conference like this continues to underscore that. They're, they are partners. They are, music said, or Luther said, music is next to theology, meaning they're, they're partners. And, and, and so the pastor who might think, eh, that's not my, my specialty, well, maybe can get a perhaps a new appreciation for 
the, the necessity of the church must sing and why the church does that. And I would say, yeah, especially maybe you know, those pastors who may think that way, come on, come and see the apostolic admonition, you know, come and see and come and listen and, uh, and uh, we'll uh, assist you in, in your calling too. So for those who now want to go and see, even though it's it's coming up quickly, how can people find out more information, maybe maybe learning some more to attend the conference this year? Sure. Well, at our, our website, www.ctsfw.edu slash GSI for Good Shepherd Institute has everything you need to know about our conference. And there's also links there for our our uh, daily chapel and other live streaming links where our major events in the in Kramer Chapel, such as the organ recital on Sunday afternoon by Dr. Jonathan Rudy, the uh, Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Choral Vespers, where the uh, Scola Cantorum is singing a piece written for a Christian funeral, written by uh, Heinrich Schutz, called the Musikalische Exequien. It's, it's a really a, a great example of funeral music and helping us think about Christian funerals. And then we'll also be live streaming our hymn festival and, and all our other events that are in Kramer Chapel. And that website can, can help you be directed to the right place. Fantastic. So even people who aren't in Fort Wayne this weekend or can't make that trip can still participate in some of those musical events, which sounds like a, a fantastic opportunity. Cantor Kevin Hildebrand, Cantor of Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thanks so much for joining us today. Glad to be with you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.